Welcome to another episode of Rad Talk with Tracy. I'm your host, Tracy Poffenroth Prado. This podcast is all about reactive attachment disorder, or RAD. I'm going to be talking with parents who will be sharing their experiences of what it's like raising a child with RAD. It gets raw and it gets real. I'm also going to be talking with experts from different areas who will be sharing information about RAD, resources, and support. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking with two brothers, Landon and Legend. Landon is 21 and Legend is 17. Legend was adopted when he was six years old and grew up with reactive attachment disorder. Landon and Legend are here today to talk about their experience, about what it's like growing up with Rad and with a Rad sibling, healing from Rad, how they did it, and what life is like now. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, first of all, when I titled this episode, Landon and Legend, I thought you two have the two coolest names. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that is our mother's doing mostly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, congrats to your mom. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> so Landon, let's start with you. Tell me about what it was like. How old were you? What was it like when Legend came into your family? Okay, I need to do some math real fast to figure out how old it was. I think I was in fourth grade, so probably 10 or 11. Okay. To be completely frank and honest, I did not like Legend from the very beginning. Uh, he was a little controlling and bossy, and I believe the statement was, if you won't play with me, then I won't be your best friend. And I said, I don't like him. So... Uh, I kind of separated myself from him just in the very beginning. So I never really received most of the brunt of reactive attachment disorder because we never really got attached at a young age. Because you stayed away. You knew right away. I knew something was off. Gotcha. And so fourth grade. So how many years apart are the two of you? Four years? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so Legend, what was it like for you coming into a new family? Well, it was, it wasn't really any change. I mean, I was used to, I mean, back before going into this family, I was going through foster home to foster home. So it wasn't really, a, you know, a change. I was going, someone said, you know, pack your stuff. We're going to a new house. So I mean, I was like, okay, I guess it's another house to go to. So what, tell me a little bit about your story. How old were you when you left your biological family? And then it sounds like you were in foster homes after that until getting adopted. Right. I can pretty much fully remember till about six. That's when they took me in. I can remember a little bit before, but it's mostly like I can see clear thoughts till about six. There was just going from another foster home to another family. And then just, like I said, you know, saying they need, I need to pack my stuff and go to a new house. So I couldn't really attach to anybody, you know, cause I kept moving back and forth. Gotcha. And why did you end up in foster care? Do you even know that fully? Well, I know that the birth parents didn't take care of me. So I had to go somewhere. 
So it was birth mom and dad were not together. They were never really married. Birth mom's boyfriend, who was not birth dad, because they were already separated when he was born, was abusive to both birth mom and him. And so he was taken from that family, given to birth dad to take care of. And birth dad was an alcoholic. So then he was taken from his biological father to an aunt that was related to one of the biological parents and then taken from the aunt and then into the foster care system. You might laugh story better than I do. Uh, that <laughs> mom knows way better yeah. than I do. I know basics. <laughs> you know more than me. You're doing great. So coming into the home, how many kiddos are all together in your family? There are four, four of us okay. total. Um, <laughs> we have an older brother who is 23. And then there's me, Legend, and our younger sister is Legend's half-sister who is six. So there's a pretty big age gap between all of, well, between the oldest and the youngest. So when he came into the house, there was only my older brother who was biological to me and myself. Okay. And so did you bond with the other brother or were you just kind of on your own legend? It was, it was, di I mean, it was different. Like the older brother was the one that goes not putting anything on land, but there was the older brother was the one that was like, yeah, I get another, another younger brother. I want this. I want this little guy, you know? So he knowing rad now, I understand that when he was trying to get close to me, I, my, or say rad kicked in. I said, I can't get close to you because I can't trust that you'll take care of me and, you know, nourish me because I'm afraid that would get switched to another home. So um, he did get close to me and I did kind of feel it, but I don't think that worked out so well, you know? So you knew it was happening, but you just couldn't allow it to happen. Correct. Gotcha. So give me some examples of what it was like growing up together, younger, you didn't know you had rad, the family didn't know you had rad. Is that right? I believe that is correct. I don't think we, we didn't know what rad was. We knew there was some sort like, cause the county gave my mom all these documents and there was some sort of, you know, he's a little bit, you know, not I don't want to Traum say, traumatized and uh, a little bit of a certain learning disability. Like he's going to have an IEP and stuff like that. So it wasn't, fully discussed or told that rad was even a thing so growing up it was more of us like oh yeah he's a normal kid who's you know needs a little bit of help when it comes to learning and stuff like that but what we didn't know is that a normal kid was far from it yeah, basically <laughs> well it's pretty amazing that you're both here and able to talk together about this today. So give me some examples. What kind of things happened? What, what was it like as siblings in your house? About the time that he was adopted, I, like I had said, I, I had kind of distanced myself. So it, I don't really have much of a 
grasp. I know I've started to feel alone, like he was taking a lot of attention from mom and dad. So I just kind of stayed to myself and was in my room a lot. And then it got to the point where I was just trying to be the middleman, kind of keep everything calm. So it wasn't, I don't really have any rad stories that I can say that affected me personally, but I'm sure we can get the rad side of it because I don't know really your thoughts on it at all. I mean, you're most, you're right. I mean, I didn't, I saw you <laughs> when it was time for dinner, basically, you know, meal time, he was in his room most of the time. So I didn't really get a lot of, you know, connections and stuff like that. But there were some times that he'd go outside and, you know, we'd ride bikes or scooters or soccer yeah. or some stuff like that. But Majority, majority of the time was just a distant relationship, basically. We said hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, that must have been hard, Landon, isolating yourself and spending a lot of time in your room, or did you have interactions with your other brother? It must have been lonely and hard. I am more of a loner than I've always been more of a loner. So I didn't really think it was too much. Like I liked being in my room. I liked being by myself. I was a huge bookworm. So I would read constantly and my older brother and I would, he, he has a very strong personality that butts heads with mine a lot. So we were close, but we wouldn't, I mean, we do stuff together, but it wasn't like the best friend siblings that you see in the movies kind of thing. Right, right. Do you ever wish it was? It has gotten to that point now that he lives a couple thousand miles away from us because we moved. Um, and so he and I are have a lot better relationship when he, well, even when he went to college and was only a few hundred miles away from us, our relationship grew a lot just not having to live together. We got to separate and we got to grow our, per well, his personality didn't really need growing, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but mine, mine started showing through a lot more and it, it got to the point where we could get along really well over the phone. And for about a week to two weeks, we were best friends. And then it was like, I need you to just leave so I can have my personal space. Yeah. So you, you feel like it wasn't too bad. You're kind of introverted and that was okay growing up and spending time on your own. And when you were together with legend, it sounds like you sometimes did a, a few things together or said hello, but there was still some distance legend. What was that like for you? At that point in time, I knew Landon was there. I knew he, his existence was there and I knew he said hi to me every once in a while, but at some points in time, there was moments I was like, not trying to be rude, but he was out of the picture. Yeah, I was. So I definitely it put was, myself out of the picture. Yeah. I, like I said, I knew he was there. So, but I just couldn't, I was doing so many things with Rad and my Rad was acting up and stuff like that, that I just didn't realize he was there. Gotcha. So you didn't realize he was or wasn't there and that didn't really bother you because you had your own stuff going on. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And Landon, I keep 
kind of picking on you, but um, <laughs> so part of it, I'm hearing that part of it, this is part of your personality, that you're a loner and you don't mind alone time. But you also keep saying that you pulled yourself out. And is it, when you describe legend as bossy and things like that, it was just too much for you to take. So there's a part of it where there were things, interactions between you two that you just didn't want to be close to him, around each other. Before Legend was adopted, we, I was a little more extroverted. I would play outside and do all that. And I would still do that for the most, like after he was adopted, but it was definitely more time just, it was either in my room alone or outside alone, or sometimes with my older brother, but he was bossy as well. So, I mean, I just, I'm more of a go with the flow kind of person. So it just, I don't like being bossed around very much and I want to make sure everybody's happy. So I guess I'm a go with the flow people person, like people pleaser, not people person. Um, so I forget what the question was. That's okay. I think you answered it. It was just um, trying to get to the bottom of what it was about legends behaviors that was also making you stay away versus you just being a loner. I was hearing that you were staying away for other reasons, but it sounds like again, another strong personality. This was a rad personality, mm -hmm. but the same thing kind of happened with your biological brother. So yes, this is, this is your personality. So legend, Describe what you were experiencing when you were saying your rad behaviors were flaring up. Can you talk about that a little bit about what that looked like? Some examples of what you would do? It was, I like to use the term and my mother likes to use the term flight, fight or freeze. So it's a, for example, if someone went to go and get close to me, I would try to fight or get out of that situation because I didn't want someone getting close or, um, you know, run away or freeze, like, you know, not be cooperative or something like that. But some examples like were if mom was trying to help me with school, that's her getting close to me, that's her helping me. I would, you know, act like I didn't know what I was doing or be defiant or stuff to that extent. But it's more being sneaky and stuff like that, you know, it's kind of hard to explain that. So the, the biggest example that I have of the rad behavior from legend, because it is different for every person and legend was never extremely violent when it came to rad. He was more sneaky and behind the scenes messing with things so that other people would get in trouble. And so there was one time where my dad had told my old brother to, I think, clean up his room or something like that, or pick something up off the floor. And my old brother did it. And then behind everyone's back, legend went back and placed it back where it was so that my dad would get mad at my older brother. And no one really knew that until my dad is screaming at, my older brother because there had been some things leading screaming's a hard word um yelling at my older brother aggressive yeah. <laughs> um 
because, you know, there have been some things that my dad is very, he's very, everything has its place. And so there have been multiple times in the past that my older brother had left things out or not put things away where they needed to go. And so this was like the final straw that broke the camel's back with that. And so he's yelling at my older brother and my mom's like, what are you guys doing? And she looks down the hall and Legend's just sitting there like looking at it all, smirking a little bit. And she was like, it was Legend. Mm -hmm. So. Do you remember that Legend? Do you remember doing that? Now that he mentions it, yes. And what was going through your head setting that situation up? What can you talk about that what what you were thinking and why honestly I know what he's talking about I remember the situation but I can't run what was through my head at that moment in time like I don't know if this is because of the like rad or me not not wanting to remember things but um remembering things in the past has kind of been a struggle but part of that's like me not wanting to admit that I did some of that stuff, you know? Sure. That's hard for everybody. I understand. Yeah. Um, but there, I do remember that. And it was, wasn't it? Cause it was getting close to me. I, wasn't it? I believe it was something like that. And, and you also deleted his Pokemon Emerald file. Yes. Which was a big thing. We're big Pokemon nerds around here. And so, and that was a big, no, no on Logan's. <laughs> on Logan's. That was a big no-no. Yeah. I bet. Yes. So when you were doing these things, so Legend, I'm hearing that you really had a hard time with anybody getting close to you, that you would not want that to happen and do things so that it couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Were, were you aware when you were doing it or did it just feel like it was just automatic and happening and protective? Or do you remember having kind of a sense of what was going through your mind? And the reason I ask is as a parent um, of a child with RAD and a lot of the parents listening or even uh, other kids with RAD listening, I'm just wondering if you have a way to express that so that, you know, other people can understand what you were thinking and it might be happening with their own kids and it might help them to understand and work with that a little bit better if they know. I'd say looking back on events, it was more of like a defense mechanism. For example, if there is an incident, someone is doing something not right to someone and you know your first instinct is to back away. Well, that, that was kind of what it was. You know, I need to back away from the situation. I need to get out of it. I was also not, I don't know if this is the right term, but correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I was not good at reading people's like social cues. Yeah, he, social cues so were if, a if bit so, so if someone was expressing like happy emotions. Didn't understand emotions very well and so you didn't understand how they were expressed well yeah and it was like it was like a if someone was happy i would thought they were angry angry so it was kind of a i couldn't tell if you were happy or mad sad glad you know those types of things so that must have been confusing for you yes 
and to the rest of the people in this house. (laughs) So, you know, mom could be happy at one point. I think, you know, she's waving her hands in the air or something like that, you know, saying good job. And I could think, oh, she's screaming at me and wanting to hurt me. So I need to get out of here. So that's one thing. What did it feel like in your body when people were trying to get close to you, whether it was your mom doing homework or, you know, trying to get close to you just sitting and cuddling or a hug? He didn't give hugs. I didn't give hugs. (laughs) They were always weird, awkward side hugs. And yes, I don't even think I get a regular hug yet. (laughs) Yeah. So it's still uncomfortable for you. It's it's weird between us because I was so distant for so long that it's now that he understands rad and is had work has worked very hard to get to a point where he understands it and feels connections with people. The connection with me is probably one of the hardest because I was so distant. Right. So you're still working on that. That's going to take some time. Certainly. So I guess when this is all happening, did you feel different? Did you notice something was up? Did you feel okay in where you were at not having connection? Was it stressful? Did you know what was going on with inside of you? I'm going to say no, because I did not know what was going on inside of me. I didn't know any emotions. I couldn't tell emotions because after fast forward to about a year ago, I going through the Institute for Attachment Child Development, I just started really realizing my emotions and expressing emotions and going, oh, I know I'm angry. I know I'm sad, you know? What does that feel like? Oh, it's, I can tell you when I'm angry now. I can tell you when I'm sad. Let's just say that. It's one big step in the uh, in the process. But before, I, if you asked me what my feeling was, I couldn't. He had no idea. I had no idea. So I guess to answer your question, I don't, didn't know what was going on in in my body. There was no feelings or anything. Did life feel hard for you or was that just your normal and you just went about your day? Everything was okay as it was? You're saying as in my life as before, like when I got adopted? Yeah, but when you were adopted, but before you really knew you had RAD... I could tell you I thought my life was like crazy. I thought this is a cr- the craziest thing I've been through. Like at some points I was like, oh, wonder what it'd be like to go through back to the foster care because I thought my life was very bad. But to be honest with you, but it wasn't. It was them trying to, my parents trying to, you know, teach me the right ways, but they couldn't do it because they were trying to, they were trying to parent a neurotypical child. Neuro, yes. And it didn't work it, out so well. Neurotypical, <laughs> parent, neurotypical parenting does not work on rad kids. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you can put this into words either, Legend, but is there, did you ever wish that your adopted parents, your parents were doing things differently? Did you ever get that thought in your head like, oh, I wish they would just understand this, or I wish they would just do this and things would be so much better or again not really having that awareness i don't think i had that awareness because i was more or less just 
trying to survive. So how long did life go on like that before getting a rad diagnosis? Was it months, years? I think it was like eight years. Yeah, it was years. Gosh, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a rough eight years. Yeah. And what, uh, what made it rough? Him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Poor legend. (laughs) Um, I think it was just um, not knowing what to do. Because at the point there, I, I definitely know, and I don't know if you know this, but there were points where they, my parents had, I think like, I remember going, my mom saying, I wish we had never done this and stuff like that because it was just so hard for her because she loved him so much and couldn't ever connect or get him to understand or get him to even express what he's thinking or feeling. Cause every time you'd ask him, Oh, why'd you do that? His eyes would glaze over and he'd, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. And it was just, it was very frustrating for her and being the people pleaser that I am, it was, it was hard because I couldn't fix the problem because we didn't know what the problem was. Right. And as a parent, I can see that that's very frustrating because you just assume that everybody does know what's wrong. And when, you know, a child is saying nothing or I don't know, it can be frustrating. But after talking with you this short little while legend, it really does sound like you just didn't have that awareness or that insight yeah, because I'd wake up and then there would be some something wrong with what I'm doing. And then there would be a conflict between me and somebody else or something not going right. And I feel like that's how it was. Like, you know, you wake up and there's a problem. Something, you know. And you didn't know why. I didn't have a mental awareness of why, you know. Right, right. I hear you on that. So eight years, what changed? How did you suddenly figure out this was rad? Well, I know there was one therapist that I went to in California. And she knew a little bit about rad and found some diagnosis or paper that, you know, a zero to three or a one to three paper, you know. And if you reach this certain score or something to that extent, it was, it had rad, it was a rad diagnosis. So my mom filled out that paper and goes, this is legend. Everything that is listed on this paper is me. You know, he does this, he does this and so and such on. And so I'm pretty sure that's the first, okay, first real incident or real discovery of rad was with this therapist that she knew a little bit about it. I bet. And going back, because we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but you started out living in California. So that's where you got your diagnosis. And did you start therapy in California after talking with that therapist and filling out that checklist and figuring things out a little bit that this was looking like rad? I know that, I mean, the farthest I can remember getting the diagnosis of rad was when I was going through my recovery process at that, the Institute for Attachment Child Development, that's then I don't know if that was, there's a big gap between that and meeting the first time, but. Um, I know you were in therapy in California for a while because that's when you started getting your 
mood stabilizers and stuff like that because you had your medication it was just not the correct dosages and mix so he was in therapy for a little i'd say a year or two very little yeah it, it was you know once a week or once every two weeks kind of thing and then after my mom with discussing with rad advocates found the institute for attachment and child and child development um and then he was sent there in in that institute is in colorado so he he went to colorado for seven months seven months and seven days seven months and seven days oh wow you know the exact amount of time you were there legend so what was going through your mind when you were going away again did you have any feelings around that the first thing that popped in my head, this is what it felt like to me, was my parents said they would never, They when we were at the court for the adoption, I remember my parents saying, we would never send you away again. So I woke up one morning and was like, and my mom was like, you're going to um, an inst- uh, a institute basically so you can fix your problems or fix your, you know, mental issues. And... <laughs> And I go, she goes, you're going to be there for like a while. And I, in my head, I was like, well, this is, this is what it feels like to me. Like you're sending me away again. That's what it felt like to me. So. I think you were very angry. I was also very angry. And, but the funny thing is that they didn't tell me the night before because they thought they thought that I would run away or yes. something like that. They woke him up and said, pack a bag, basically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it felt angry and scared at the same time. Right. And were you able to express that to them at that time and tell them how you were feeling or no, it just came out angry. I was, I had moved out already. So I I did not. I, it all happened so fast. She, mom, dad go, you need to pack your bag, you pack all your clothes and everything. So I just immediately said nothing for, I mean, I said, you know, by and all that when I got there but I was when I got to that institute I had a big attitude like a very like chip on my shoulder mom and dad had never seen that in me before really when I was sitting in that institute in the office and they go we've never seen this legend this side of legend before so it was just I don't think I said anything going to there was more angry and frustration. Gotcha. And how did you get there? Did you all drive together, fly? We flew out there. Yes. Okay. What happened from that point on? What what happened? You're at the Attachment Institute. What happens from there for you? Well, I had this awesome therapist. I walked in and was very defiant in what he was saying. Um, and so he sat down and said to me, you have a choice. You can either do this and be successful and be a different person, or I can send you somewhere where you don't want to be sent to. And from that point on, I go, it's a choice. I'm going to make the choice that I'm going to get better and succeed and be a different person by the time I leave here. So just for... I want to say to the kids that are out there that have this and going through this, that you have a choice. 
you can make the you can make the choice to not be to not do what you need to do or do the work or or you, you know you can succeed it was hard for me i had therapy sessions that were very uncomfortable you know stuff i didn't want to share didn't want to get close to anybody and i had some help along the way from a, a foster parent that was while i was in that program but it was it was challenging but i made the choice that i want to get better so yeah i know there's people out there that are like oh i don't think i can get better i don't think this isn't going to work out my life is so bad well because i had the same attitude but your life will get better if you put your mind to it. Thank you for that legend. And you know, it's interesting you say that because people that I've talked with that did grow up with reactive attachment disorder and have healed from that all say the same thing, that it is a choice. This might be an impossible or hard question for either of you to answer, but some kids with RAD don't make that choice. Is there anything that you could think of why that would be? Why are you different and you were able to make a choice to heal and work through it and do that hard work? Why do you think some other kids aren't able to make that same choice? Well, knowing that I had some thoughts of not making that choice when I first started, it was mostly because I didn't, I didn't want to get better was it because it was hard the work was hard so to get better meant you had to do things that were really uncomfortable you had to work you had to go through the process and i'm not good at expressing emotions so they when i was in there they would make me or not make me they would try to help me out with expressing emotions they gave me you know guidance but i you you have to go through work it's like a job you have to go to wake up every morning, go to work, do your work, be on time, stuff like that. So some kids, I guess, me included, but I didn't want to put in the work. Well, it sounds big and scary after listening to your story so far. It sounds like it took a lot of courage for you to yeah. make that decision and move forward with it. Yes, it did take a lot. Mostly it was just, I didn't, at some points I didn't want to put in the work, like you said, because it takes a lot of courage. But at the point when I realized I can make things better with my family and I can, you know, get close to people. Once I started going through the therapy and everything, I go, well, I like this. I like them that they're smiling. I like that they're being happy and everything. So I was like, well, I can put in the work more and just finish this out. Did you ever wish deep down it did you want to be closer to people but it was just so hard and difficult and scary was there a part of you that really craved that and did that help you make that decision at some point to do the work well i can tell you that when i when i was very, when i was younger like about 6 when i got adopted there was no there was no me wanting to get close to anybody it was more of a i need to get get away because they're getting close to me type thing but now going through that institute and seeing you know happy faces it was it made me feel good that you know everybody was saying good job you're going through it and when i came home for a practice visit 
to see, you know, how I was doing with everybody else, you know, face to face. It was, um, there was this, there was a situation with my older brother. He came through, he flied out from California and it's funny, but he hasn't seen me since I've been in that program. So he came out and, but before that I did stuff to him that, you know, cause he got close to me. So I ruined his video games and stuff like that. So he was very distant with me also. And when he flew out, he goes, not trying to be rude, but you're, you're the person I want to see, but I don't want to see you because I feel like you're going to be rude or sabotage my stuff or do anything, which I understand that comes from someone that I affected at that time. But I was the one that got close to him at that time that he flew out. And he came later to me the day he was leaving and go, looks at me and goes, I'm proud of you. He goes, you're, you're the one that I didn't come to really see, but you're on my top, like top list now. How did that feel hearing that? That was very encouraging that I very, I'm, I was very proud of myself because I went from him seeing, wanting to see me to being on his top of his list. Like I was very proud of myself. Like he was, he was emotional. I could see it in his eyes and everything. Right. And you got some of that trust back. Yes. Yes, I did. A lot of trust. <laughs> A yes. lot of trust. It sounds like legend, you know, having the support of the right place, the right people, and being presented with that decision that you can choose to do the hard work and get better or not. That sounded like a magic combination for you. Yes. Did you see, uh, did you interact with a lot of other people your age there? And what was that like living and going through that with other people that were similar to you? It was, I felt like I was in for you. I felt like I was in his shoes. In your brother's shoes? Yes. Landon's shoes. Because when I was there, there were kids that had rat also and were acting out and I was like I need to get away from them because I don't like how they are but then if I look at that I was the same way and the institute isn't the magic combination for all of the kids so there were some kids that had made the choice not to work and so they were doing the same thing that they had been doing at their houses so he got to experience rad the way that we all got to experience and that's very impressive that you're able to take that in now and actually flip and see that perspective yeah once i saw who i was and how i acted i was like i don't want to i don't want to be like that wow made you work harder yes like you said it made me want to work even harder to get out of there (laughs) and i think that's really powerful what you just said is that once you saw how you were meaning that you were looking at these other individuals with rad and recognizing that that's actually what you look like from the other side of things. And that's what you're doing. That's huge. And how did therapy help you? What, if you don't mind talking about it, what was therapy like daily? What kind of things did you have to work on? The first thing you had to do was they gave you a notebook, a notebook. 
Yes. You had to every night write your feelings, write what you did during that day, how it affected you, you know, if you were mad, sad, glad, or scared. Every day you had to do that. And then once a week they would you'd go and give you the journal to your therapist and they'd read it and you discuss it. So that's how they were breaking in expressing your emotions. So they'd read it and they'd go, okay, well, why'd you do this? And I see that you wrote this, but what were you thinking during this? So it kind of like went both ways. So, um, but there was therapy once, once a week, I believe. Some of the times there were video calls with my parents. Some of the times there wasn't, but it was very, there was a lot of crying, let's just say that, <laughs> a lot. Um, and that's something I never did. So it was you crying too. Yes. And that was something I never did. What did that feel like? If that's something you never did, how did it feel to all of a sudden be experiencing emotions and actually crying? It was very different. Let's just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Did it feel good? Did you feel like you were at least releasing or after the crying? Did it, did you have a sense of some relief? Yeah, yes, because I, when I walked out of the therapy sessions, I would feel 10 times better getting something off my chest that's been on there for years or something, you know? And now having a way to express it. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, but it was very hard. There were some things I didn't want to admit, and there were some things I, you know, I messed up about, you know? But it was just, it was just a journey. Right. And how would you describe yourself today? So you've come through that seven months, seven days. (laughs) How did it feel knowing that you, I guess, graduated and got to go home? How did that feel leaving? Honestly, it felt great that I could get away from other, from miniature me's, just for (laughs) saying, you know, it just felt great that I could get out of those situations. And because don't get me wrong, there were times that there were kids screaming and on the ground and all that. And, and I was at the house and I was around them. And it was just nerve wracking and sometimes, you know, traumatizing. But it, it just felt great to leave there and knowing that I did it and I succeeded. Congratulations. And Landon, you made a good point that you know, there's, there's a lot of different types of places that kids with RAD can go to. There's the RTCs, there's the residential treatment centers, there's boarding schools, and then there's the attachment institute. But you made a good point that it's, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. glad it worked for you or helped you and your family. So what was life coming back home? So Landon, you're still at home and maybe we should first, maybe I should ask you, what was it like with Legend away? Did you come out of your shell a little more? Did you stay in your room? Did you notice any changes with you? About the time that he, my mom got fully involved with understanding Rad and learning about it, I, I moved out when I was 18. And so I just got out of the house completely. And that's when most of the time, that's, when my person like I started seeing a big change in myself was when I was out of the house out of the house living on my own 
and then I moved back home into the house here and I moved out of California and he was already at the Institute. So I kind of had the same growth, I guess. I, I was still able to grow more into who I am today. And then when he came back, I was, my mom told me you were coming back. Yeah. I said, I'm moving out. I'm not living in the same house as him again. Wow. I can yeah. Um, and then she said, give him a chance and give it a month. So I said, okay. So I gave it a month and with my work schedule, I wasn't home a lot, but I was still there when he was. And I definitely noticed a big change and it hasn't all been sunshines and rainbows. There have been days where he reverts a little bit and goes back into his glazed over, not really knowing what's going on kind of mentality. But for the most part, and about 90% of the time, he is who he is right now on the podcast and the show. So it's been a lot better and I've been able to grow a lot and come into who I am with him around. And it all really started with me not being around him if that makes sense. It does make sense. You yeah. say, don't get me wrong, the break that we had was, it gave him space and it gave me space. And he said that he has, you have grown. Mm -hmm. I have seen it from looking back at him in his room and looking back at him sitting here right now, I have seen a big change in personality and like, oh, I'm out there. He's throwing himself out there. Like there was, there was a night that, him and I had just a conversation, you know. It was like two, we talked for like two hours just sitting at the dinner table, just yeah. the two of us. And that's that something would, would never have happened. Would have never happened. Wow. Well, I'm just sitting here looking at you both, having this back and forth, you know, Landon's noticing things about you, Legend, but Legend, you're also noticing things about Landon. And to me, that's just mind-blowing, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's fantastic. So, Landon, what kind of things did you notice had changed with Legend? He came back and you were obviously more comfortable being with him for longer periods of time. What kind of things made you more comfortable? Um, he was a lot more open like if he was if something was happening that was making him angry he'd like stop everything and go hey I just need to let you know this is making me angry and I need to leave the situation and it was like he was communicating how he was thinking and feeling which never happened before because he didn't understand what was happening so it was really um him starting to communicate more what's going on inside his head and there was still some trust issues with him, like being around my stuff alone. And we still had alarms on doors when he first came back because none of us really knew what this next step was expect, yeah. and what to expect. So we hoped for the best, but prepared for the worst. I see. And we definitely got, I'd say the best. Yeah. So it, it was, just seeing him more open and communicative of his emotions and thoughts helped, helped me a lot be more comfortable with him. Right. And so it sounds like you've come from a home, you know, which lots of families with children with rad have is alarms and cameras and things like that. 
it sounds like you've gone from some of that, the alarms and things to now not needing that. Is that true? I don't think we have any alarms in the house anymore. Right. Wow. Wow. You're both living at home now and you're still together. What does life look like for you from this point forward together? Well, the, the biggest thing is that, I mean, the biggest change in the family regarding legend is our older brother who after a long time of not wanting anything to do with him legends actually going to be moving into the house that he lives in in california with him so he's moving across the country in what three weeks something like that yeah wow to uh, live with our older brother which it was let me mention this it was his idea. He yes. asked me if I wanted to move within with him. Did that so, blow your mind? Yes, that. <laughs> was I, I never thought those words would come out of his mouth. Wow. So, what was that feeling like when he asked you? I go. Well, the first thing I thought was, "Is this the same brother that I'm? T- I'm t- I, I know. Is this the same one that I know?" Like, I didn't know if someone was speaking for him or you know. <laughs> But it was very shocking and made me feel like very proud of myself that he's noticed that I have changed and the stories that mom has mentioned that you know, I've been doing good. And so he has felt comfortable enough to open his own home where he lives and where his girlfriend is to a kid he would never let any like any of his friends be around growing up. Right. So it's it's definitely been a big change on our brother's part as well as that change in legend has let that happen so it's it's a it's a big deal it is a big deal and it sounds like landon you've had some time to experience legend and rebuild your relationship a little bit at home and your older brother being away in california you know perhaps this is his opportunity to rebuild and have that new relationship with you legend Right. And how long are you going out there for? Is it indefinite or is there a timeline on it? For about, we sh- we're shooting for six months. And then they're going to decide whether or not it continues after that. That's a long right. time. So you may permanently live with your older brother. Maybe, but there is a, there's a possibility. possibility right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm jumping the gun. Let's just stick with the six months. Right. One step at a time. Correct. Good. And then Landon, what are your plans? Work. <laughs> I mean, that's pre- pretty much all I do is work and hang out with my girlfriend and my friends. And that's about it. I work. 45 to 50 hours a week. Yeah, it, I'm pretty busy all the time. That's impressive. That's something I never, thought, I never thought I would get. Was a job. Was a job. Yeah. You're, so you're working. Yes. And how does work feel? Is that something, so in the past you wouldn't have been able or thought of having a job, let alone being able to do it. What, what would that have been like and what make, what's happening now? It probably feels pretty good because yeah, the, the house family has always had jobs. I think I had my first unofficial job at not, like nine or 10, same with my older brother. So 
probably makes you feel closer to the, the yeah. siblings. Yeah. That's a big thing in your family. Yeah. You got to work hard for what you want. You know. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes I do. And do you enjoy work? And do you interact with other people there? Are you able to interact with other people now too, not just family? Work's been very fun. It's been, I mean, not people, not many people say work is fun, but I've enjoyed it. At first, when I got into this you know, job, um, I was a little skeptical of how I would react or react around like cash registers, customers, customers with, you know, my tour ad past. I didn't think that would go over well, but I, and why not? Is, would you have taken the money? Is that what you mean? I, I didn't know. I didn't know what the possible outcomes were. I didn't know what would happen if I decided, I don't know if I rad kicked in or, you know, there was a, trigger or something like that you know you didn't quite trust yourself um, yeah and but now i am my old manager at a different store was going to put me into management training like into like the sh shift leads and all that before i switched stores but he was he trusted me and i trusted you know everybody else but i was friends i got friends there communicating with everybody we'd laugh have a good time you know and then my boss was just very he saw a lot of work work ethic in me and I was like I was proud of that congratulations you've come you've all come a really really long way and I love that you're sharing a hopeful story on so many levels but I just want to tell you guys, congratulations. It really is nice. And as a parent and hearing other stories of parents and the struggles they go through, I think it's really fantastic that you're here and open and able to share what you've both gone through and how it's changed in a positive way for you, because that will give families and other kids with RAD a, a lot of hope and siblings too. Before we go, is there any last famous last words or anything that you would like to say about rad to rad kids to parents to siblings i know i have been trying to get into more of a community of rad siblings with rad i don't really have any kind of forum to do that with but if there is any way that anybody wants to contact me you obviously know my contact information and can I'm fine with that going out to those kids that just need someone to talk to that know where they're in what situation they're in so my first name is James so it's James L house h-o-u-z-e at gmail.com and so I'll be able to communicate with anyone that wants to talk so any siblings that have siblings with rad they can contact yes. you for support or just um, see if there's ways that you can talk or help. Good for you. Well, I am just so impressed. I'm glad that you're all doing so well. Legend Landon, your older brother and your family. And uh, thanks again for being so open. And uh, I'm just really impressed and, and so happy for you all. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website 
at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.